When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 337 of She Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Kupferman. Today, I am rocking lumberjack chic. <laughs> Are you really? That's not I've the- got a flannel shirt on. Oh. And, and listen to this. What? Velour corduroy flare <gasps> leggings. I know. They're the best thing ever. With me, as always, my bestie and uh, the beautiful Elsie Escobar. Oh, my gosh. Hi, everybody. And also, Apparently I'm a little jelly. Love for I velour think I've seen... and corduroy. That's, yeah. I just flares. saw them in whatever was feeding me in my Instagram. I was like, oh. <gasps> yeah, American, American Eagle. Eagle. American Eagle, yes. You bought mm-hmm. those? Two pairs. I have a light blue pair as well. Get the heck. What, wait, what color are you wearing now? Oh. <gasps> Oh, that is a gorgeous dude. I'm so jealous. I have brown on. I'm so well, jealous. Well, you should get some because they were, they are the best thing ever. Yes, I saw them being advertised. I and I saw the amount of colors they had. I almost like. I want to. I want the red ones too. So this conversation went like this with Holly, who's our friend and stylist. Okay. I have three words for you: velour, corduroy, flare. She goes, "Ooh, sounds cute." How many did you buy? I said two, and she goes. Don't buy any more. And I said, I'm not going to buy any more. But they do have a red one. And she was like, I knew it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm not buying any more. But there is one more that I'd like to have. Like, I'd like to have the brick red. I think they even have Kelly green. That would be fun. Oh I don't my need gosh, green dude. pants. Okay. So what's the length like? I have to get the scoop because the length well, to I'm me is short. I'm right. short, but they're not too long. Like, I don't have to have it hemmed, which was amazing. Well, see, this is my problem because I don't want to put them on and have, like, this much of my ankle showing. No, no. It's down to the – no, my ankles are covered. Well, my ankles – my legs are much longer than your legs. Well, but I'm also wider. So right? You don't know it doesn't if you get, matter like, if you're extra... wider. If you, did you get, like, petite? No, I didn't. Okay. But it should have the dimensions on there. All right. I'm going to have to figure out because that's what I, I personally do not like short. I like them longer on my legs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get like tall things, things for tall people, even though I'm not particularly, I'm, I think I'm average size. I don't think I'm tall, you know? Um, You're wrong. You're tall. <laughs> I'm five, five and a half. That's not tall. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I just You've stand. grown. There's no way that's your height. That Better is be. my height. I'm five, Can't five be. and a half. I Cannot wear. be. I stand and command more space. How's that? I mean, next to me, I feel like you're six feet tall. You must have been wearing heels. I am always wearing heels. And also, just to change the subject slightly, but not away from fashion. Okay. I also made another purchase that is not related to anything, but because I just could not pass it up. I found a wool suit. Okay. Beautiful. A wool suit. A wool suit in yellow. 
Where are you going to wear that? That sounds awesome. Well, I'm just going to have it because that's something that is just going to be in my closet. Like, it's oh, just going to be there. It's like a, it's a staple, beautiful, classic suit. It's just mm-hmm. in the right color, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I loved it. So I first just bought the pants because I, I didn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't find the top, the, excuse me, the blazer part. I could not find it on the website. I kept, I was like, where the heck is the top part? And then mm-hmm. finally I got the, so I got the pants, the pants fit great. And then um, I, I finally found the coat and I ordered it in the same size, I thought, as the pants. So I get it, but it's petite. So I put it on and even though when I put it on, it fits, I can't mm-hmm. move. Like my, this part here, abro- across yeah. the shoulders, I can't even lift my arms up. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be able to. And then I was wearing a the very thin sweatshirt type thing underneath it. Yeah, and so when I put it on, I was like, oh, yeah. And so I am getting a replacement. Hopefully, I mm-hmm. a regular size, like regular versus petite, would fit better. Because I asked the person, I'm like, is it a different size if you order this size of clothing, but it is petite? Is that a different overall? size and she goes yes and the regular should fit better because it was a weird like everything fit but the back <laughs> I was like now you know oh. what it's like to gain weight oh is that what <laughs> that's how it feels because it wasn't like on. I was trying to no. scoot my you know what I mean it was my back no. I was like I can't lift my arms I can't I no but like, when you Ugh. gain weight I mean like when you yeah when something doesn't fit you and it's not the right size at least for me that's usually like if I put a jacket on yeah I can't fit it yeah. It's usually the boobs that grow, but you can't fit it around the back. It's very annoying. It is super annoying. And so it looked relatively tailored, like very nice, like if you just looked mm-hmm. at me. But then I would have to walk around like I'm some kind of robot. And Ugh. and the, the also the sleeves were a, a little bit too short on the – just a little bit, right? So mm. I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. I was so excited. So hopefully the top will fit. I hope so, because so, it sounds really nice. It is Wool very beautiful. And it's actually quite the classic fit, and it looks it's like a very nicely, beautifully tailored suit. So I think that it's, you know, it would it would serve me well in whatever situation I might need to wear a suit. So- <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine what that is, but I'm excited for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot so possibly anyway. imagine what situation you'd be in where you would need a suit, but I can't wait to find out what it's going to be. Yeah, well, come on, Jess. What Certainly if we, not you know, a funeral. No, dude. You cannot what wear about, that to a funeral. It's yellow. yellow. But like, think about this. She podcasts wedding, live maybe. in yep. D.C. in October. Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. See? Definitely. I was yes. already thinking of warm layers, nice. Because I can't be wearing the clothes I was wearing in Arizona. No, that's true. So not if we're in DC, but we might be still be warmer. It might still be in Asheville too. Yeah, that well, that's true. We just but have it's to look. still, I mean, yeah, and it is very nice here. It's very mild here. It's very yeah. What's it there like? What's it like there today? Today is a little bit chillier. Today, I think we're going to get to a, a high of fifty something, like fifty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's misery. Be- I mean, it is shockingly beautiful around here where you can't like you feel like you're in the middle of i don't even know like you just look around and you're like this is how is this even possible (laughs) nature is amazing 
<laughs> so it is amazing. Nature, nature is that amazing. Crazy nature, yes. So I am super excited about that. Anyway, shall we continue on Yay. with some commentary or some comments or some news or something that is not clothing? I think we should. Okay. Before we start, though, we are going to be saying hey, hey to our amazing sponsor, Amazon Music. Amazon Music has been do doing the thing. They are investing in podcasting in so many different ways, and they've created a space to support podcast creators. Then they built a huge community of content innovators that can that you can be a part of. So you need to get over to podcasters.amazon.com and you know, submit your show. Mind you, there are some podcast hosts like Libsyn that have that automatically inside of the dashboard. So you don't have to go outside uh, to be able to do that. But alas, there's so much goodness that is happening with Amazon. And also, I don't know if any, you know, what we would love to hear from all of y'all that are listening is if you have asked your, you know, A-L-E-X-A box, whether or not that it can play your podcast. Do you have one near you as well? Or are you just trying not to hurt mine? I'm trying not to hurt the people who are actually oh, who playing our thing. Later on, I'm being mindful of our audience. So I do not actually own one of those. So I cannot check it. But it would be really amazing. So please send feedback at ShePodcast.com whether or not you can play your own podcast on Amazon Music by asking your little device to speak it for you. That would be fantastic. Um, and do make sure that you are part of the Amazon Music ecosystem right now because they are doing the thing. They are sending emails. Oh my gosh, that is news. They who's, Who got that Amazon email? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody in the chat? About that can, what? Did I? Hold on. Um, there was an Amazon email that went out and I think they blanket emailed I don't know if everybody, but lots of people about I I got it. Tell us. Um, being featured. They actually sent an email about being oh, yes. featured on yeah. Amazon Music. And they're really, I mean, they truly are wanting to do all of this kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy. So the title of the email was Creator Resources for, and then the name of your podcast, on Amazon Music. And then they totally sent it specifically to whoever owns the podcast. So it was like, hi, your name. We are thrilled to have you and your podcast, the podcast, on Amazon Music. My name is Mia, and I am here to help you take full advantage of our services and answer any questions you may have for a summary of the tools we offer regarding promotion and optimization, as well as FAQs. I encourage you to view our creator outreach deck. Oh, they got a creator outreach deck. How about that? To start things off, we should love it. We would love it if you would include the listen on Amazon Music button on your site and show pages if you haven't already. This is a great way to drive traffic to your content and let listeners low. You're on Amazon Music. I also want to invite you to look over our promo and voice kit. These slides go over promotional tools to help you optimize your growth efforts. Lastly, did you know that you can make your podcast describable in Alexa? Here's our, you know, and it tells you all that stuff. So anyway, how about that email there, Jess? They totally broke it down. And that's from Mia Kalen. She's the podcast outreach associate. There you have it. That's pretty cool. I think that's nice of them. 
And especially right? if they hit us, because that means that they're looking at independence, which is nice. It's always really good. It, it seemed like they did uh, put it out there. So good for everybody to be able to get their show over to Amazon Music. And instead of, you know, this is a good opportunity. People are always looking for visibility. They're providing tools for you to participate with all of the Amazon Music stuff, get your show featured there. It's probably a better chance than, you know, Apple. Sorry. But um, you can definitely take that, take that and go with it. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much to Amazon Music. Thank you. You did very well. That was a good read. Here we go. And now for some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. So the New York Times put out an article with two writers, Tiffany... Sue and Mark Tracy, and they don't like the fact that both radio and podcasts offer hosts the freedom to exercise their free speech, something that they themselves take advantage of in their job every day. Um, They don't like certain hosts using audio platforms to debate the effectiveness of the vaccine, and they call out specific hosts for doing so and companies for allowing that free speech to take place. So basically what they're saying is, this is a conversation that that we're going to have here because I don't need to read you the whole article. Basically what they're saying is, they're criticizing iHeart, Spotify, and Apple and says that the audio industry has not drawn the same scrutiny as large social media companies. The article is behind a paywall, which is why Elsie hasn't read it. But University of Maryland professor of media, Jason Laviglio, says public radio stations are doing local work to spread good health information, but you're seeing that mostly on the AM radio dial. Um, the podcasting counterparts are sort of the wild west of the airwaves. And that's true, mm. which is, you know, how podcasting is supposed to be. Right. You know, when I learned about free speech, um, I accepted it into my heart that Nazis and other terrible people were going to also have the ability to tell everyone about their views and that's the price you pay for being able to tell everyone about yours, that you that you have to give it to everyone. You can't just give it to some people or it's not free speech. You can't just decide who gets it and who doesn't. And the thing about misinformation is that some people spread it knowing it's misinformation, but some people don't. Mm-hmm. So that's why I find it tricky because, yeah, there are people on podcasts talking about their experience with the vaccine or things they've read but that doesn't mean they know for a fact that what they're saying is wrong and the vaccine is the vaccine it's not right or wrong it's science it's not like debating whether or not jesus was a son of god it's like it's science it works because science but those people don't believe that though they don't believe science they don't believe the earth is round sometimes. Yeah, but we're, I don't think that we're not debating that. I think part of it is, but I don't know if you've noticed that, that with the debate, you told me the way that you interpreted the debate was the responsibility that Apple and iHeart, I guess, and Spotify, because they're the ones that were flagged, right? Are yes. the ones that need to take responsibility for, from what you told me, mind you, I, I, again, I have, I personally have not read the article yet, is that they need to flag when there is possible misinformation in the same way that Twitter and Instagram and Facebook... But that stuff is all flagged visually. Right. That's so how flag- do you expect exactly. iHeart to do that? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm just reiterating what you said. So what I am thinking about, because again, it is a visual thing, would be like a tag in the same way that you see a little E for explicit inside mm-hmm. of a thing, but it has but to we be. we have to do that though. Apple doesn't mark us explicit. No, I we know. Do that's that. what I'm, we have to. But what I'm telling you, Jess, is if I'm giving you the side of the solution, knowing full well that it's not there. It can't be implemented. That it's, but that's that what I'm saying. It's well, then not don't do that, though. But then what can be implemented, though? So I was giving you an example of this, too. I was giving you an example that iHeart and Spotify and, and Apple are essentially directories. They're aggregating yes all of this content into one place. In fact, everybody like Podchaser does the same thing. They're actually aggregating all of the RSS feeds. That's why the podcast index also exists because it's aggregating the RSS feeds and they're in one place where you can find all of these things. So we use a service that we've shared about it right now, like inside of, um, not right now, but we've talked about this before. It's called Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y. And there are many other ones that exist as apps as well. There are sometimes they're web apps. Sometimes they are app apps for your tablet or your smartphone. And what they do is exactly the same thing. So they aggregate the data from that's being delivered via RSS feed for all kinds of websites and blogs and things. And so I consume a lot of information fairly quickly because it's all coming into my account, my Feedly account. It's the same thing, you know, when I open up my app and I see the new episodes that have come in. Sometimes I'll listen, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll scroll, sometimes I'll swipe and not listen to said episodes. So the apps, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, are aggregators. And so... Whenever I do use Feedly, does that mean that now feed readers are also going to have to label everybody's content that is writing anything online as possible misinformation? Because that's a lot. Well, that's the thing. So I think I think the actual solution is a little bit more high level than what we're discussing. And here's why. Because, and I could be wrong, but up until now... I don't recall a time where people were specifically misleading people and pretending to be a news outlet. Like up until, oh, so there's right. no You're law. Right. There's right. no law against doing that. Right. Um, because no one's ever done it on purpose before. Like, if you're a blogger and you're talking about a subject and then someone comments and says you're wrong, you address it. You right. normally would address it. Journalists had to be impartial. Yeah. And they had to be vetted. There's like, there's like and a factual. third or fourth. No, they had, no, they used to have to do that. They weren't allowed to editorialize. Mm-hmm. So now that, so like, I forget what an administration it was, but that law went away in our lifetime at some point. And I mean, that's when all these things started because I've, as you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, but Apple doesn't let people talk about like the positives of pedophilia. They don't let you discuss like th- there's no podcasts on there that promote hate speech specifically. Well, that's like, because no... it's part of their pla- it's part of their TOS. So it's already added to that. Like there's right. some things that are left. And that's what Apple does is they leave their, um, you know, their TOS very vague. Right. Yeah. So it's like super. It's not specific. It's not like you cannot talk about 
you know, insert whatever it is. Like you don't, it doesn't get that specific. It gets something like it, you, you will not be like, I, I think something about violence. I, I don't exactly have the language there, but it's something like violence to people or something or hate speech, right? Hate speech, yeah, hate even speech. hate speech at this That's point very vague. is very, whoa, right? It's not very specific. It's not like if you use these terms, X thing happens. And but should you be allowed to tell people the earth is flat? It's not hate speech. Right. It's but deliberately, it needs, yeah. It, but it but needs then, to be a new law on some level because you can't just tell people the earth is flat. I don't think that should be legal. Just like it's not legal to encourage people to find drugs. That's illegal. You can't have a podcast about where to get heroin in every city, right? Because it's illegal. And I think it should be illegal to mislead people on information and facts because now all of a sudden science is an opinion. Should that be allowed? That's a disaster is what it is. I think that what sucks about that is obviously that makes 100% sense, right? It's Science it's cannot logical. be an opinion. It's, lo- it's a logical solution that you're presenting. But what has happened now when it comes to a lot of this stuff is that now – there is that extra layer of doubt that has infused itself in the culture. Meaning, if we say, That's right. you know, these, this medicine that has been created in a lab that is scientifically proven to work, even though the science, these are the facts, there are people who are editorializing the intent. The effects. Of the the, intent. No, not, not the effects. No, you're right. The intent. Of this drug, no, of the this medicine too. Like I right? took the vaccine, and then my eyeballs fell out. Like that's that may not be related. They right. could have just fallen out. It could, they um, could, it, right? That, exactly. No, but but, but that's the, happening both sides. There's right, also a lot of people who say that you know we've had X amount of COVID deaths this year, but some of that was the flu, right. and some of that was other stuff that you know wasn't COVID, wasn't COVID related, but it's being marked as such to inflate numbers. And I mean, the problem is we don't know whether or not that's true. We can't prove that. Some doctors say it's true and some say it's not. And, you know, have you ever seen the movie um, or heard the movie The Invention of Lying? No, I haven't. And I haven't heard of the movie, but it sounds quite something that maybe Maybe needs to watch. It's um, The Invention of Lying is with Ricky Gervais. And basically they live in a world where everyone tells you the truth. He's a writer. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a television writer, but of course, they only write documentaries because they only are, can tell the truth because they never heard of lying. The invention of lying happens when his mother's dying and she says she's scared. And then to comfort her, he says, when you get there, though, there's a mansion. And she was like, really? Oh. She's like, yeah, there's a mansion and you'll see everyone you love and everything will be wonderful. And you see this like peace come over her. Yeah. And then she dies. And then everyone in the doctors, you know, everyone in the hospital is like, how do you know about this? Uh, like they, like once the mothers die, like he all of a sudden has answers that they've all been wondering for years and years. And then it starts to blossom. And like, I can sort of see that happening with us. It's like facts are kind of like, it's kind of like George Bush Jr. Like the truthiness. There's like truthiness to every mm. fact. But because we've allowed people to lie to us. We've gotten to a point where science is now questionable, which I think because of consumerism. Yeah, but that doesn't actually address the problem that we're discussing here, which is whether or not iHeart, Spotify, or Apple should. That's true. But I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it, though. I'm getting to it. Just wait. Just follow me here for a second. 
So it starts with consumerism, where we are allowed to sort of omit facts, bend facts, say things are all natural if they're made from like corn syrup. You know, we're allowed to fool people into buying our products because there's no law against it. And, right. you know, it's it's one all for one and one for all. So, uh, or the other way, it's everyone for himself. So that turns into questions about medicine and whether or not we should take pills or are the companies just trying to get us to take pills so that they can make money, mm-hmm. like opioids, which turns into... You know, once medication and healthcare is questioned, that does bleed into science. And are people telling us this so that they can manufacture vaccines and get rich or masks or whatever else? Like people aren't smart enough to know that line of questioning as to what's true and what's fact. So the answer about whether or not iHeart and Spotify and Apple should flag is not the question is really who is supposed to decide what's actually true. That's the question because you can't flag well first of all just semantically you can't flag something in audio unless you unless you tag unless you have a piece of audio that says this may or may not be true. Right. And also exactly. And the other aspect of it is like in the show like Bonnie actually mentioned uh, she said they would have to scrub every podcast, but also but even that's that not capability, true. But it's but, not enough. No, it's not enough because even if they do that, I could actually say COVID is, you know, and insert whatever it is that I decide to, you know, it's a, it's a made up disease. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, and then I can just okay. say it in this, in this in contextualizing it here as we're speaking and then people will read, like, what if they get that? And they're like, oh, my gosh, Elsie said COVID yes. is inside I'm they're Apple's just start scrubbing. scrubbing us and yeah. then flag us. And flag us. For what exactly. you just said. So then yeah. there is no true way to understand the content. Because then could you imagine the manpower that would take? Because first it has to be flagged. And yeah. then somebody has to listen. Or what if we have to fight back and go like, hey, well, Apple. how do they do porn on Instagram? I mean, someone's looking. Someone's got to look. There's yes, someone's somebody's... job to look at every single picture and decide right. whether or not it's appropriate. So this would have to be the same thing. They'd have to hire people to listen and figure out. But even there, are those people able to determine what is true? Right. And if and, you and I, if, the fact that I just said that opioids became a problem because because of a pharmaceutical company like the person who's listening to this may not believe that. Right. They might not know. They might not actually know the history. Right. So that's the point of freedom exactly. of speech, though. You either right. have it or you don't have it. Like when it comes to Twitter and Facebook, the posts are still there. Right. They're fa- but then exactly. it just says underneath there, this might be false. Exactly. When I see the flagging now, like somebody is saying like there's a vaccine clinic like down the street and that is flagged. It says this may or may not be true. And it's just information. It's literally. Right, because they're pulling the word vaccine. Exactly. But even that is still left there because you're allowed to say it. Right. My other point is, how do they know how to flag stuff that's illegal? How are they doing that? Who does that? If I say, if I started a new show called The Joy of Pedophilia. Right. Whose job is it? To find that show and shut it down. Or or if it's a violation of copyright. Like, whose job was it to shut down all the stuff that said MLB? I think that part of it is that when it comes to brands, right, there is a way to very easily make choices based on – these are the things that Apple looks for anyway. They look at the title, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. there. 
They look at the title. They look at like the metadata of like the authors. That's also a thing. You can you can have that happen. Okay. The other thing is that they look at the copy inside of the description to make sure that there's no profanity. So that's a mm-hmm. big, huge flag. So if you use like a, a certain words, a certain words inside of a description or even inside of your show notes, they're mm-hmm. going to be flagged because they have a very strict policy between explicit and clean. So it doesn't mean they won't let you in. They won't let you in if your show is marked clean. It needs right. to be marked explicit. So there's that. Now, the other thing that they do is they flag for your image. So if you're using any imagery, any pictures in your artwork that are copyright infringed, which is what happened with the MLB thing, they That's actually true. were right. using their logo in the picture. So it brings awareness to it. Now, there are, like, there's been a couple of them that are actually using, like, you know, Taylor Swift songs in a Mm -hmm. vast, like, they'll play the entire song. So those, I, I believe that they do have some algorithms that grasp that. And particularly Spotify is notorious for that. So any kind of music inside of your show that is it will be flagged. It will be flagged immediately and your show taken down. Spotify would let you use it from Spotify. Right, from from Spotify, but not in your podcast, right? So if yeah, it's in your yeah. podcast, it's taken down. So I think that they've got some things that are for the most part fairly easy to monitor because it's something that's automated, something easy to see. You can look at an image and you can immediately say, "Oh, they're using somebody else's copyright image or something, let's remove it. It's easy because it's there. But the audio bit is much more challenging. Yeah. And the only thing that they could do in a pinch is to flag anything that has questionable titles in it, like COVID, which they've already been doing. They've actually not been letting these episodes go up on people's feeds. They will take the entire podcast down. If they have certain mm. keywords. But is that the right thing to do, though? That's a terror. I think that's a violation of freedom of speech. Just I want to clarify something else. The reason I keep talking about pedophilia specifically is not because I'm interested in it or because I think there are benefits. It's because a long time ago, I read an article on Cracked.com about the dark web. Mm-hmm. Someone was doing an investigative he, this person did an investigative research report on exactly what happens on the dark web. And one of the things he found was an entire forum of people who help each other with that. Right. And it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever could ever even dream up or hear of or write about. And so ever since then, when I think of freedom of speech, those are the people I think of. Mm-hmm. Those are the right. first people I think of. These motherfuckers who are helping each other play with their children. Blah, blah. Yeah, but also, but see, here's the other thing too, though, is the fact that in a lot of these, like the undercurrents of our culture, right? The ones that are, you know, folks like this are not leading with it. But mm-hmm. there are some little signs that they give each other certain code yes. words, right? And that's yep. what I've started to see with all the folks that are, very much into believing in a lot of theories that are not based on science, they do have certain vocabulary that started to come up. And those are specific triggers to be able to communicate with somebody else. And it can feel like if you met somebody and they spoke these terms to you, they wouldn't 
register at all. It would just be normal. Like it wouldn't be a, like you wouldn't immediately know, but somebody that's in the know would know. And this is not necessarily only for a negative thing, but I think us as, as a society and cultures, we've had to in some way survive because at some point there's always been an undercurrent of something else that's going on that's not particularly mainstream. Sometimes the undercurrent is absolutely dark and evil and there's like no, like it's just, oh my God, it's so scary. And then there's some stuff that was thought to be that or that anybody who is uh, homo- homosexual or somebody who was from a different country that was being pr- right. prosecuted at times, you had to right. hide all these things and you had to right. have code words, right? To be able to do your stuff. Yeah. And so it happens all the time. So anyway, Sad. all I can say is like, it's a question for us to think about. But I don't know because I think it's I just a, never thought I that I would find a way to find a bad to to find that um, freedom of speech is a negative thing because I I can't believe that in our lifetime we we have people that deliberately mislead people with like basic facts about stuff. In all honesty, though, the reason that I'm so to some degree, I think that what what we have that's different. I don't think that that's actually been. It's not a new thing. I think that the issue here is that that communication, that information travels so much faster now. So remember in all those like Little House on the Prairie, again, going back to Little House on the Prairie, how they used to have those little... It always comes back to Little I know. House. But so you know how they had those people like come into town and they there was that one episode where they were getting that medicine from the... The guy's like, this medicine here will take care of all of your ailments. And it was like mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. It was like, it was yeah, just, like he, he was just a scammer. Yeah, he was a mm-hmm. complete scammer. And then it ends up being that he's just, you know, he's horrible. He like hurt somebody, like all kinds of stuff like that. So that's a lie. And then people were believing that that medicine was a medicine and they were buying it and it was nothing. So, but think about it. The guy had to go in his little wheelie cart thing from one you know place from one town to another town it would take a long time to take that information out right but now it's like a second it's a second somebody can share a bit of information with you and it immediately becomes like everybody's talking about it so i think we're in a time where it's the speed i think that's probably probably the darkest thing that we have to deal with that's the biggest thing is the speed in which things travel because it's always been a thing Jess. all of that propaganda misinformation has always been a thing but i don't think it has the scale to travel and influence society at the time in the time period that it can right it Mm -hmm. used to take a lot longer so much harder people didn't really actually get the memo and sometimes nobody ever got the memo, whereas now it's everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. But so, actually, I think that that leads us, though, to the next article that we have yes, here, it does. Yeah. which is actually perfect. It's, it's This one is from Mashable. 
And you'll have links in the show notes, by the way, to all of the articles that we're discussing here today. And this one is, um, the title of this one says, We Can't Ignore the Role Mental Health Plays in Conspiracy Theory Beliefs. And this was a really interesting take because, as we know, we we keep trying to find solutions to the problem. And one of them is, you know, to to make sure that platforms, like they're suggesting, platforms take away the things, right? They flag yeah. stuff. They warn people. The other aspect is to have the proper education, which is true. I mean, all of these things are great solutions, like educate people appropriately, make sure that the truth is getting out there, or like the facts are getting out there. That's another way to do it. And then what is the other thing that they were saying of how to tackle conspiracy? There's something else. Algorithms too. You know, that was the other thing that they were saying, like algorithms are evil, they're they're popping all the stuff up. And so all of these are things that are sort of outside of the scope. Oh, yeah, I remember the last thing, critical thinking for people, right? So well, yeah, it says heightened anxiety is associated with greater embrace of misinformation. Yeah. And so what I'm saying here is that the people themselves would need to be educated of how to critically think about a lie. Like right, if somebody right. presents, you know, here's the facts, right. here's this, like you make your own choice, you critically think about it, and then you make the best choice possible. Like to right. make you people can't think do that, that if you're panicking. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And so what this, this whole entire thing is talking about that we've been forgetting the mental health aspect of it, because this would be absolutely correct. I don't know. I, I know I'm speaking from experience here, but I'm sure Jess, you've had this before too, where there is a moment if anxiety or panic hits, the world is coming to an end in some way, shape, or form. Like our reaction to, or at least my reaction to smaller things that are coming my way. Like if I have a really weird pain somewhere in my body, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go take my supplements because they're going to get rid of the thing, right? And um, yeah, I immediately start to make these choices that are based, that are slightly irrational sometimes. So like I need to be, you know, like, I don't know where these solutions would come into my head where sometimes, you know, when I was like in pain, especially when I used to get like recurring UTIs, I would do all of this research and I would start to do things like, I think that there was this thing once where you drank black coffee, like oh three cups of it, or you only drank, I don't know. There were all kinds of weird solutions like that you could do at home without antibiotics, yeah. So that, you know, whatever. So I was just like, I'm going to try all the things. I'm going to take all the coffee. Yeah. Um, because I was in so much in, in pain and my anxiety level was triggering even worse amount of pain. Yeah. So that's what I feel they're bringing to the table, that there's a lot of people who are in a yeah. state of anxiety, a state of depression, a state of panic about the world around them, just like losing their jobs, being isolated, some, you know, maybe they're struggling with an addiction or something like that. And these conspiracy theories and the communities that built around them give them a sense of connection. They actually provide a, a medicine, if you will, for whatever they're feeling because it feels like we're together. It feels like you're not alone. And it also feels like there's light at the end of the tunnel in some way. That can be a like it gives you a, an answer to why you're in so much chaos, right? It's easier to say the government is messing everything in the world when you've lost your job. It's just easier to grasp 
to something like that, even though obviously there's it's it's a very multi-layered approach. But anyway, but this is uh, a tale as old as time. We don't know the answer, but we'll make it up, find a cure and convince you to buy it. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the classic yeah. thing that we have been either taught to do or taught to listen to is that that's why women used to go to the doctor for hysteria. Right. And I think that the solution to the problem there, too, is the fact that we have been socialized to find a solution outside of ourselves. And I'm not talking about somebody who is clinically depressed or is in absolute need of medication here for for themselves, right, for their own brain chemistry and from all of all of that stuff. I'm talking about our generalized anxiety and our ability to hold feeling uncomfortable and scared and in a state of, of anxiety for a longer period of time to not look outside of ourselves, but have to deal with how you can deal with your own self. It's a much yeah. harder thing to do. Like, Well, think about what you're saying. You're telling hysterical people to stop being hysterical. Yeah. Without, without any assist. Hysterical yeah. people don't know or care that they're hysterical, which right. is why they, you know, are more hysterical. And I mean, hysterical meaning like in a constant state of like, of like panic over the mm-hmm. world, like you said, but that's been happening since forever, which is why, I mean, that's why um, we had such weird medicine in the early 1900s because people were constantly worried about what was happening and they just, I don't know, needed ways of, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree. And I think you've heard the saying, you don't argue with crazy. Yes. You can't. How are you supposed to tell crazy people to stop being crazy? Like, yeah, but, but I think part of it too is it is just dealing. Yeah. It's dealing with so many different aspects of our, our psyche and, and to really understand what consuming content on social actually does sometimes because Mm -hmm. our capacity to not only take in the information that's coming at us at such a huge amount, what that causes in you has two 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 ways of fe- making you feel, right? It can mm-hmm. absolutely tr- uh, make you like go, oh my gosh, I, I'm in a state of anxiety now. It can give you a lot of fear and panic by looking at all of that stuff. And then sometimes it can actually create a sense of calm. But and But the weird part, Jess, and this is why I think it's so hard, is that the action of you doing the thing is the same. So it's giving you, when you're scrolling, it can both get you to an anxious state or provide a calm thing. And so the action is a trigger point. And we tend to move to whichever one makes us feel better. Mm -hmm. And therefore, our mental health or our ability to think clearly is in some way weirdly affected by the technology that we're inhaling at that moment, you know, because we're just consuming it. So there is that extra layer to it. I think that in some ways, a lot of these choices could also be better if we stepped away from the social, if we stepped away and be able to, because it's like thousands of thought puns, thousands of information coming in. I don't know. It's such a complicated conversation. I think we just need one person to decide what's real and then we just have to listen to that person oh wait that's dictatorship oh right oh wait (laughs) but i mean those people should be peaceful 
Those people are not sitting around wondering if like they should be. T- I mean, the thing is, like some people when they panic, I think it's interesting that when people panic, they start, you know, they're more susceptible to misinformation because I'm like the opposite. Once I start getting worried about something, I don't believe anything anyone's telling me. I have to research it for myself. Right. And I think that that's also part of it. I'm a little bit more like you in that respect. It's like everyone is a liar. I will find the truth. That's also part of it because there is a sense of like the – it's like the opposite. It's the resistance to it. So the medicine is right in front of you, but you're like, no, I don't want that, right? And because we get into the state of this can't be true because even – logical people are being tested because even the sources where we're getting the information, we're kind of just being taught to question everyone telling you stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. even when I even when we speak to each other, it's like, look at this. This is the thing that's happening. And it's like, no, it's not. Like that's literally what we are doing with each other. I do that with Ran. I do that with my children. I do that when I read an article and the same I mean, it's the I get that it's a good thing, but also it's also not. I have a confession. It's both. both. Yes. I just had a self-realization that I need to confess to you. Oh, no. Okay, here it goes. Ready? Oh, great. So I am vaccinated. My children will be vaccinated. I highly recommend the vaccine, and I think everyone should take it. That said, I am the worst medical patient I know. I almost... I argue about every medicine I'm being prescribed. I ignore when doctors say I need to do blood work if I don't think I need to do it or if I think it's a different issue than what they think it is. I switch doctors all the time because I don't because I don't think doctors pay attention. Like if I go in and I say I need a I'm covered in freckles, I want a full body scan, tell me if I have cancer, and they just like kind of like look at my arms and go, "You're fine. New doctor. That's not a scan. That's you looking at my that's nothing. That means nothing to me." So I, I question every doctor. I mean, like, and not only that, but forget if I'm in the hospital, it's worse because the yeah. nurses keep switching shifts. So I trust them even less. Yeah. When they switch shift, it's really hard. They're going to get me ginger ale and I'll just never see them again. <laughs> like that's, it's infuriating. So I don't trust any, I mean, like, I'd love to say that you should, like, I'm, I'm becoming a big advocate of the concierge doc. One doctor that can treat all the things who will pay the most attention. Cause if you go to a skin doctor and you go to like a, a, um, you know, like a heart doctor and then you go to like a, you know, a regular person for the flu, it's like, how do they all know what the other person is prescribed? How do they all right. know that I need this if I'm taking this? I don't know. I mean, I'm supposed to know all my, medicines and side effects but side effect of every medicine is headache nausea vomiting or diarrhea or something like and it's like it's all the same every medicine you could be tired you could be dizzy you could be hungry you could be starving you could be full all right well great so i so medicine is like one of the that's one of the places where i'm very concerned for what the outcome is and as a result i believe nothing i have to i trust my gut implicitly I don't like when people diagnose me with stuff if I don't think it's right. Because I've already done research on it. And I know, I'm, I, don't, there's, I know there's doctors listening to this that are going, you are the worst patient because you're Googling. But I am a, I'm an objective Googler. I don't just apply brain tumor to every headache. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to – I try to be objective. Um, but yeah, I don't like to believe that. And I, and I think teachers also don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time. It depends on what it is, though. I mean, it's it's tough. You would be a pain in my butt. And the thing is, though, Jess, that is so not surprising 
Because even when we were going into like just having meals with you, I realize now that no matter what you get, you're going to send it back. That's not true. How can you say that? Well, you I did every time these- we were sitting together and eating when you were drinking your thing when you, that doesn't look weird and that's the other thing and that feels strange. And so I'm like, oh, my God. That's a psychosis. That's because I'm very, I'm very weirdly texturally sensitive. So I think I don't remember sending anything back with you, but I do not do it every time. I swear I don't. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that, yes, that was a thing. It's like, this doesn't taste right. And so I think that that (laughs) aspect of this doesn't taste right is just like into this, what you just said. It's the same kind of thing. Is it oppositional defiance or is it? It could be. You know, I don't want to say it's a cultural, uh, it's not a, it's not a function of just constantly being misinformed. I think it's just that I think basic science should be believed, but I also think you should go with your gut because you know your body better than everyone else, whether you think you do or not. Yes, that is true in a lot of different ways. And then there's also add to it the layer of ADHD in all honesty. Oh yeah, that's true. So then like when you add the way that somebody behaves, I mean, in in the way that I'm dealing with my child and with myself to understand my own thing whenever something immediately gets in my way and how I respond to it, sometimes it's just in my own head. Like, I'm yeah. just responding that way because, yeah, that's just – that layer is – I'm so clear about it now, I still can't act on it, meaning it's very hard for me sometimes to switch – but I'm now aware and I see the mirror, right? So I see the mirror. Okay, this is does not look like I'm seeing things in the way – I'm just responding in a different way here. And yeah. it is that yeah. defiance kind of thing because sometimes I'm just completely dismissive. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not it. And, yeah. it. and I actually end up saying yes at the end. I'm going like, oh my God, that was right. I could have – I could have wasted – I wasted so much time yeah. just pushing that away. When but this listen to this like, though. I'll give you an example. I go to a a psychologist and a psychiatrist because I need ADHD medicine. So I have a psychiatrist that has worked with me for about seven years to figure out the exact perfect cocktail for me so that I can function and focus and not be depressed or anxious, right? right? I'm on the perfect amount of medicine for those things and I have been for a while. And I go to a PCP that I found that's very body positive. So like, you know, she doesn't look at my health based on how much I weigh, but on other things that could be a factor. And if it, you know, and if it is weight related, she always goes, she says, you be very gentle with yourself. Maybe just drink a little more water. She's very nice. Then I go to a cardiologist that tells me that I um, that the that the ADHD medication is what's causing my high blood pressure, that it has nothing to do with the pregnancy that I had. It's just because I'm fat. And I was like, but, I, but I've had high blood pressure my whole life, though. Like, I just right. run higher than most people. Right. Well, if you stop taking the ADHD, ADHD is not real. You need to stop taking the ADHD medication and you have to lose weight. That goes against the other two doctors. Right. But he's a cardiologist. So it's right. like, well... I mean, I know that doctors don't have this, you can't possibly have the same opinion on everything, but it also is just infuriating because how am I supposed to take one person's opinion over another? Is it is it hurting my blood pressure or not? I don't know. I can ask the other doctors, but they're not cardiologists. I don't know. I mean, the guy's also fat phobic, right? Because he's he talks to everyone about their weight. First time I ever met him, I was 30 and he told me I needed a boob job. Why? Oh, but to make it smaller. Yeah, because they were too heavy. Because they were too big. Yeah. They were too big. Well, it just depends. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go off on like when. Yeah, you don't have to go off on that yeah. or big boobs. Yeah. That's a matter of opinion. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just totally. saying like, but I'm just saying like, I didn't even tell you I had a problem. Don't diagnose me with two big boobs. Right. Like I, like I just met him. I just think you have to know what's right for you. You have to know whether or not that shit is, is you can tell whether or not after you take your medicine, if it's raising your blood pressure or lowering it, you can tell you have to listen to your body and be able to tell. But this is all about, we're talking about misinformation and I know that. And back to iHeart and Spotify information right now is a matter of opinion. So it's very hard to monitor. So I think that the writers are wrong. (laughs) The writers are Wrong. Okay, so now are they right or wrong? Wait, we're gonna wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. Tell me if they're right or wrong first, and then we'll wrap it up. Oh, dude, I think it's a lot more nuanced than what they're putting out. Right or wrong? I say, go with your gut. I don't think that they're right or. (laughs) I mean, I think that what they're requesting from these services, I think that that's the wrong request. Thank you. They're wrong. End of story. Next, moving on. Wrong. Okay. All right. (laughs) Great. I just wanted to hear that I was right and they were wrong, and let's go. Okay, let's go. What is do you want to do are, the recap or anything else? We're done. You that is it. Oh, done? the recap. No, I'll talk about it another time. But just to everybody who talk is here recap. or possibly. Re- no, dude. It's, I have to go. We got to get. Oh, you have to go. Get, oh, sorry. We got to go. So just to go. Sorry. one thing that I do want to say to anybody who is here, we'll put a link here, is that I'm going to be doing a webinar this week. Now, when that uh, when this episode goes live, it will have already happened, but the link will still be in the show notes. So you will be able to see it. So it's not going to be um, behind a paywall or anything. All you have to do is like sign up and you can immediately see this replay. I am so excited to be able to do this. So I am co-presenting mm-hmm. a webinar with our own very uh, the, our, our own very boss person ever who runs our social media. Andrea Jones, and she is going to be literally presenting this. I am there just to put her up higher. Um, It's called (laughs) IG Reels Content Creation and Metrics for Podcasters, and she's going to be talking about specifically, obviously, IG Reels, how to leverage that for your podcast, and then she's going to expand into how to optimize your production or your creation process for the holidays. So I'm so excited to have this. Again, it is on Thursday. It's on Thursday, November 18th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard. Yes, there will be a replay. And yes, if you're freaking out right now listening to this going like, oh my God, I missed it. You did not actually. Just go ahead and click through with the link in the show notes and you can absolutely check it out. Oh my God, we already have two questions. Whoa. And somebody forgot to turn the questions off. Yes. <laughs> Oops. We have questions? We already No, no, no. In the in the in the webinar. We already have questions on the webinar. <gasps> oh, that's hilarious. I thought you meant oh, us. I was like, where are they? No. Um that so is it funny. seems like people are already asking questions and the webinar is happening in like 3 days. So <laughs> Oopsie. Oopsie. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right, y'all. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to She Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at She Podcasts. Our website is ShePodcast.com. And if you have any comments about today's episode, please write us feedback at ShePodcast.com. That is it. Check out that webinar Elsie mentioned, Libsyn.com. And thank you guys so much again. Love you. Mean it. Bye.